You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. Welcome to this week's all-new episode 70 of the Apple Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Victor Marks, and with me this week is Apple Insider editor Mikey Campbell. Sup, guys? Mikey, I'm so glad you're here. Neil's off this week, and so we have you filling in. Slacker. No kidding. Where is that guy when you need him? All right, he's probably at his apartment staring at a staring at the wall or something. I don't know. You mean he's not doing anything incredible or fun? Uh, not that I know of. <laughs> well, you know, if he's really smart, if he's really smart, this Memorial Day weekend, he'll go and he'll save up to three hundred bucks off popular thirteen and fifteen inch MacBook Pros. Oh, tell oh, me yes. more. Tell oh, me yes. more. You can save up to three hundred dollars off when you pair instant discounts with exclusive coupons, or you can snap up a 2015 12 inch MacBook for only nine hundred and sixty four dollars with three free accessories, free shipping, and no sales tax in most U.S. states. So this week, resellers Adorama, B&H, and MacMall combined to offer the lowest prices across the board on popular MacBooks like 13- and 15-inch MacBook Pros and are picked for the very best value, the remaining 2015 12-inch MacBooks. Some include free items like a one-year LoJack subscription or Parallels Desktop 11 for Mac, all ship free and many without sales tax. So we've got a guide on our website. Go to appleinsider.com and you can go through our price guide and see which one is the deal for you? Yeah, I would argue that the uh, that the uh, price that they're selling the 12 inch MacBook at mm-hmm. now is what Apple should be selling it for, and uh, yeah, it's just overpriced by a lot. Well, to your mind, uh, I think to most people's mind. I mean, I know people are, are going to buy it. Obviously, it's a sexy machine, but I I think it's overpriced. I met a woman in the airport uh, in Los Angeles about a month ago, and she had the rose gold MacBook 12-inch. Of course and she did. she insisted, because I asked her, you know, how do you like it? And she said that it was quite possibly the best machine that she'd ever owned. It was thin, it was light, and as far as she could tell, it was not underpowered. Mm. Right. So I asked her dutifully, you know, because I I want to report the truth to you, dear listeners. I asked, what do you use it for? And she said that she has Safari tabs open all the time. She has like 20 tabs open. She has Excel spreadsheets going on in uh, the, the 2016 Microsoft Office for Mac. And she does her whole business. She is the owner of her company, and she runs her whole business out of this 12-inch MacBook. Mm. Spreadsheets and uh, web browsing. That's a, uh, you know, power user what, material. What can like you that. say? I know that she's not doing Final Cut Pro, but for for she said that if she ever had, you know when she hired new employees, this was the machine she was going to issue them. <laughs> Final Cut Pro. Wait, do you, when that when you install that or you try to install that on a MacBook, does it just have a pop up window that says no? I, no. I I think it probably allows you to do it, but she she insisted that this was great, and her business is something about. Uh, it's in the pharma space somewhere. She's, she's, I believe, a distributor of pharmaceuticals, mm. legitimate ones. But uh, she's, that's what she's using this machine for, and she was going to issue them to all of her new employees because she felt it was a fantastic machine for the price. Cool. To each his own, I suppose. Yes. Well, you know, she's going to run into trouble at the end of this year, isn't she? She is. Well, if she doesn't, if she doesn't need the powerhouse, then. Uh and I guess she's okay. But for people like uh, you and I, you know, you know, we're uh, road warriors who don't go on the road, I suppose. Well, I'm on the road every month. Okay, well, I stay at home all the time. So for me, uh, our favorite analyst, Ming-Chi Kuo, 
He's a crowd favorite, of course. All yeah. hail. Yep. He's uh, his latest hot off the press tidbit is so, that. So, what does his crystal ball say when he looks deeply into it? Uh, yeah, he's looking into his uh, crystal balls. He's uh, he's saying that uh, Apple's going to release a new slim down 13 and 15 inch MacBook Pro finally. So it's going to be the redesign that everyone's been rumored, rumoring, rumor mongering about for the past, I don't know, two years, it seems. And uh, it's going to come with a bunch of pretty crazy, crazy componentry, if you believe Mr. Quo. Okay, so so what will this supposed, and this is the Q4 rumor, this says that, that Apple is expected to drastically revamp its flagship line in the second half of 2016, yeah. around the fourth quarter. Yeah, so right. probably, hopefully, I'm guessing they're shooting for the holiday season, of course, but who knows? It could come after. And this, this thing's going to come with Touch ID? It is, indeed. Yes, so no. along with the thin and redesigned form factor, it's going to have some sort of Touch ID authentication, perhaps not Touch ID itself, but maybe so. Um, I wish it would. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be something along those lines. It's going to also have uh, – it's going to replace the function buttons at the top of the keyboard with a OLED display touch bar for mm-hmm. – which is kind of cool. Uh, you, some, uh, you well, know, you've seen that before sort of on other that, laptops. Yeah. You know, the old IBM ThinkPads used to have a little display at the top. Yeah. So this is going to be like an advanced version of that. Or uh, anything that – I mean, it's, it's cool because um, – Right now, you have to you know switch between uh, the, the function keys serve more than one one purpose, of course. Right. Well, they're the F keys, and they're also the the screen brightness and yeah. so forth, and, right. and you know, playback and volumes. Right. So, I, in this case, OS X uh, OS ten could um, dynamically change that for you. Maybe I don't know. Just just spitballing here, but it could dynamically change it between those two, or maybe you can even configure your own stuff, like uh, like the. Uh, uh, what is that? The, the Optimus keyboard from Oh right, the Lebedev. the keyboard that had OLEDs and all the keys yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, so it could be kind of like that, like a roll your own kind of solution, which would be cool. But I don't think that Apple would give you that much uh, leeway as far as customization is concerned. But uh, aside from that, uh, usual expansions um, uh, on the ports. So USB C going to be carried over from. Is that going to be the charge MacBook. port, or is that going to be Unclear. in addition to a MagSafe? Unclear. I don't know if USB C can. Well, depending on the battery. Oh, although he did quote did say that they're bringing over the uh, the battery design from the MacBook as well. Not specifically the rated output, but that kind of, you know, um, layered design, the t- multi-tiered thing. The the stacked battery that uses all of the available physical space inside the enclosure. Exactly. Right. So they're going to bring that over. Um, but I don't know if it, he didn't really say if, they're, if USB-C is going to be used as a, a charging thing. I don't think it will. Um, just considering that there's ample space on the uh, uh, logic board and all that good stuff. And there's what, space on the space chassis. Be used for more battery. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Apple's gonna, they're gonna, if, I mean, if it's a MacBook Pro, you're gonna expect a certain level of performance. And I don't think that they can squeeze that out of a logic board that's the size of the one in the, the uh, MacBook, which is almost like an iOS device in itself. So, um, so I would, I would, I would not bet on MagSafe going away, much to the, uh, 
much to the happiness of Mr. Neil Hughes, who uh, cannot get enough of the MagSafe. Yeah. Um, and also Thunderbolt 3. But I don't know exactly. He said uh, there's going to be Thunderbolt 3 ports, but uh, considering that Thunderbolt 3 uh, also supports the... Um, you know, the same form factor as USB-C. Right, it uses the same connector. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess just they could save space by just slapping in like three uh, generic-looking USB-C slash Thunderbolt 3 ports. Um, I don't know if they would actually break it out, you know? You know how they do now, right? USB and then Thunderbolt 2 are two separate. Well, right, but it's an entirely different connector. It's using the old uh, mini display port, micro display port kind of connector. Right. So... Um, yeah, so I mean, th- those are the major major things. You probably get the the usual processor bumps. Um, probably, I, I would I would guess that we're not going to see huge performance increases. Probably going to be along the same lines as usual. That's what happens when Apple changes the form factor, right? It it doesn't make the it's, uh, it's the version that follows that really grows the. Yeah. Uh, so right now they're kind of shooting for as good or slightly better than current performance specs uh, in an all new design, which would be the major selling point here. Yeah. Well, I want touch ID. Yeah. Touch ID is cool. If they can implement it correctly, not just because I want to be able to unlock my laptop with a touch. No, I I, I want it. I want all of the online purchases. Yeah. That would be cool. What if if they launched it and they launched Apple pay for the web at the same time? (gasps) Oh, Well, there kind of is Apple Pay for the web if you use Stripe as your processor. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because that's how, you know, that's how Lyft and Uber are all doing it is they're using Stripe as the processor so that you can just do Apple Pay within the app like that. But, well, yeah, I mean, in-app obviously has purchasing, but how many web pages are integrating that into their payment uh, backbone? Um, not enough because they're all using PayPal at this time. Yeah. Or a few of them using Amazon payments. Damn you, Elon Musk. Hmm. But I, you know, my, my end game, my end goal here is that Apple pay replaces PayPal for yeah. everything for, for person to person for, for everything. I mean, that would be, I think an obvious, I mean, obviously they're going for something like that, right? But you certainly hope so. They definitely have the support customer consumer support to throw their weight around a bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a good it's a good system. I, mean, I like it, but it's just not offered in the places that I frequent. I used it for uh, let's see, one, two. I used it for four different transactions today. Congratulations! I used it for one transaction this past uh, quarter. Mm. No, I used it at a medical doctor. I used it at an eye doctor. I used it at a dentist. I used it at Walgreens, and I used it at the grocery store. Food Lion. Where's that? Five transactions. Food Lion. Food Lion. Oh, Food Lion. I used it at uh, Walgreens. Yep. And that was only because they're the only store that was open. That's because you <laughs> wanted to experiment and see that it worked. <laughs> um, kind of. The, yeah. the register or the cashier was not uh, not amused by my <laughs> by Here's my another dork fiddling with his phone. Yeah. 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 She, didn't, she didn't seem as happy as I was that it worked. Well, I know you were overjoyed. But, yeah. Know, that's not the only – I, I got to get back to this because, you know, that's not the only MacBook that's going to launch this year. We, we, that's, we're talking about the Pro line changes right. in Q4. Right. So supposedly but there's I, a- I took out my good old, my reliable 2015 MacBook Air. Uh-huh. What a champ that thing is. Well, guess what? There might not be any more. Come darn it, 2017. So 
as some people have theorized, Quo is saying that Apple's going to just go whole hog on the MacBook line and make that the uh, flagship thin and light. And I guess for in the near term, relegate the Air series to the budget model. So they're kind of flip flopping. Remember hmm. when? Uh, remember when uh, they had the polycarbonate MacBook was the uh, was the budget, and then the white MacBook. Yeah. And or BlackBook, if you had the one year that they did black. Right. The Yeah. And then they did education for one year, and then they mm-hmm. phased it out completely. So it's kind of uh, – they're, they're kind of switching places. Uh, the Air has been surpassed in thin design by the MacBook. Um, it also has a better screen, right? The MacBook Better does. trackpad. Better trackpad, so better everything. And uh, the writing's kind of been on the wall that Apple's you know, slowing down development of the Air – line up going to replace it with the macbook uh but quo is saying i don't know about this rumor because it, it's saying he's saying that apple's going to launch a 13 inch model uh, before the macbook pros this year so um quarter three i believe he said so cl- clarify this for me we're not going to get a 13 inch macbook air we're going to get a 13 inch version of the 12 inch version yes and is that dumb um it's in- interesting uh, I mean, what, what, do you, what do you get? More battery? Well, a, a slightly bigger screen. I mean, it's just a one inch diagonal, but it is uh, to your eyes probably a noticeable difference, I guess. But um, it could give them a little, a bit more space to play with uh, internal components, like um, perhaps a slightly beefier processor or a, or more onboard RAM soldered on. Of course, it gives them a little more headspace. Uh, um, a little more uh, free space to play with, right, inside the chassis. I mean, the logic board of the 12-inch is about the same size as a Raspberry Pi at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And if they grow it by diagonal one inch, okay, so maybe they gain, uh, you know, a what, quarter what, inch or so on each? Well, a little more than that. The length. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have to assume that they're going to – I mean, that extra bit could be um, – used for a cellular antenna. Mm-hmm. Well, there's nothing stopping them, as you say, from, from doing a virtual SIM and having the carriers yeah. sell service. So, I mean, there has to be something more than just having an extra inch of retina display to differentiate the two models. I don't think Apple would uh, come out with the MacBook uh, you know, 13 and just have it be slightly larger than the 12. There has to be something else. Unfortunately, the MacBook Pro moniker is taken, so they can't... <laughs> market it as a step-up model um they're just maybe maybe the macbook 4g mm-hmm. oh i doubt they do that <laughs> one can hope there are no. rumors that you know they're gonna they're getting close to uh making everyone's dreams come true well speaking of dreams come true you know we, we've been talking a little bit these past couple of episodes about voice first Mm-hmm. And and in some cases, we've been talking about that in terms of payments and other things about the interface and how Apple TV has Siri, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really act like a voice-first device currently. Yeah. No. Right? And we saw that at Google I.O., they announced, Google announced the Google Home, their voice-first product. So their next failure. Well, I don't know about failure as much as the next thing they'll cancel. <laughs> Because it was too popular, they canceled it. They've done that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so it looks as if Apple. So Apple bought Vocal IQ. Yes. Right. Yes. And what was Vocal IQ good for? What were they? What were they about? Uh, well, they were a uh, uh, so kind of a, a voice recognition, speech recognition company focusing on 
um, cellular, right? The cellular well, market. Well, what, what was interesting about them is that their technology, as I understand it, is, is one that was able to establish connections between pieces of information so it could actually kind of build its knowledge base and learn over time. Right. And that it's pretty powerful. Indeed. That that instead of having to teach, you know, instead of having Apple have to teach everything on its back end, that it can amass its knowledge base and, and grow itself over time and make these connections. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes that can go horribly, horribly wrong, as Microsoft saw <laughs> with their Twitter bot. Tay. It took all of, what, 48 hours for I the... I think it was less than that, wasn't it? 24 hours? I, I think it was like within a few hours, I thought. I don't know. So what happened with Tay? Um, uh, basically... <laughs> The uh, enterprising internet people taught it to be a racist, sexist, horrible internet troll. Yeah. Through there. So what started out as a subtle uh, teenage personality Twitter bot turned into a supremacist overnight. Although one can argue that Microsoft was uh, very successful in its goal, right? It accomplished its goal. It. Well, it, I mean, it, 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 it accomplished part of its goal. It was taught. Tay was yep. taught to mimic the behavior of its contemporaries, which are basically Turned internet trolls on Twitter. Pretty bad. Yeah. So, so the idea is that Apple bought Vocal IQ and is going to take Apple TV and turn it into a Siri based echo competitor. Mm-hmm. That in, instead of making a standalone speaker, which they could do, but they don't want to do, they want the Apple TV to be the hub of everything. And so they can simply put on the always on mic and, you know, use the set top speaker yeah. and, and go that route. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a few snags, right. That they can run into. I mean, people I don't have been the snags. Well, people have been saying, I mean, they've don't tell me the snags. Oh, uh, I'll tell you the snags. <sighs> tell me the snags. So besides the fact they have to update the form factor, uh, to include something like a speaker or something. Well, they can use the TV speaker. They don't need to but add you don't always speaker. keep your TV on, right? The, beauty of the echo is that it's a standalone device that operates outside of other systems well they don't have to incorporate a speaker they could do it like the dot the amazon dot you use bluetooth or aux to pair it to a better speaker well i guess but who's going to do that well if if apple tv pairs with a speaker then do it uh i don't know i think i don't know if they would anyway currently does airplay speakers you can use any airplay speaker you want right but i mean that's reliant on no one does it but it's there in Go any on. case, also where are you gonna where are you gonna put it? Right now, my Apple TV I can't see it because it I don't need line of sight because of the Bluetooth Siri remote. remote. So a lot of people hide their stuff in like a cabinet or something, which is kind of precludes the whole mm. uh, always present Siri. Anyway, so so they're gonna make this thing. I don't know about they're gonna make it. I doubt it. You don't think so? I don't think that they would include. Um, I don't think that they would make an Apple TV an Echo-like device. If they wanted to do that, they would have to make a separate device. I don't think they would build it into Apple TV. Maybe, I mean, people hide stuff, right? A lot of the time these days. I mean, Not you don't keep your components Less than out. you think. I don't know anyone who keeps their stuff out. Uh, I know most people that do, so go figure. Mm. Anyway, think, yeah, I don't. So, I don't know if they're going to do it just because uh, there's a lot of hurdles, right, to get through. As far as I think, it would do better as a standalone, don't you? you know, what What do some people want that Siri experience, but they don't care about streaming 
content or this is the thing about the way amazon's gone about it right amazon's approach has been to build a couple of different products that incorporate it to release the code on github that allows anyone to use a raspberry pi to create their own amazon echo device Mm -hmm. which doesn't have always on you have to wire in a button on the gpios on the raspberry pi to initiate it so the same way as using the siri remote on the apple tv4 but they're encouraging third parties like Trilby, which is the refrigerator magnet whiteboard, to be Amazon Echo enabled. There is a, an Indiegogo I saw today that is simply a button with a mic mm. so that you can cheaply place button and mics all around. There's a wristwatch that was on one of the kicks on the crowd funders that has, uh, has Amazon Echo built into it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, those are all neat, neato they, ideas. Amazon wants everyone to build it into all of their products so that it just works. Of course they do. And what you're going to end up with are products that are compatible with both Amazon Echo and HomeKit right. over time. Over That's already happened. Many, many times. No, it's already happening. It is, slowly. Yeah. So uh, what, what you're getting at is the notion that Apple's going to go ahead and give third-party developers an SDK through which they can interface with Siri. Right. Which and they've already it. kind of started doing that a little bit in the Apple TV 4, where they allow you to to allow Siri to index your app so that you can give voice instructions mm-hmm. to Apple TV. Yeah, but that's just like a few instruction sets. It's very it's, it's comparatively weak sauce, right? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, if you do open up that API, depending on what APIs they you know are included in the SDK, that would be uh, that'd be pretty powerful, right? I mean, it would expand Siri. So I don't know. Unlimited, perhaps, depending on how much freedom they give developers, which would be interesting. I don't know. Do you think they're playing catch up with uh, other people at this point? Do you feel- I don't. F- I mean, from a consumer's perspective, seeing that Amazon's got this thing out there and Google already showed it and Apple hasn't shown anything. The consumer is going to say, yeah, Apple's on the back foot playing catch up. What you don't know is that they they have Vocal IQ, they have that team on board, they have the knowledge they need to pull this off. Yeah. yeah I was kind of underwhelmed at the uh, Siri improvements this past uh, iOS 9. Well, I don't, I don't use them as much as I, I think Apple would like me to use them. Siri most people use Siri for starting timers in the kitchen, which is... <laughs> Coincidentally, this the same use that is the biggest use of, of the Amazon Echo. And the only difference is that with the Amazon Echo, you don't have to touch your phone to do it. And yep. Apple could over and, and all the Amazon Echo heads, all the fans of Echo tout that as being so awesome that you don't have to touch your phone. And Great. and they're all stupid because and I'm gonna get tons of email from Amazon Echo fans, but but it's ridiculous because all Apple has to do is turn on always on Hey Siri. And it doesn't matter that it's your phone or a speaker. It's done, right? You still have the hands-free use. Mm-hmm. So so this is not a big hurdle. But that's one of the features that the Amazon Echo heads totally love, is that they can start a kitchen timer and not have to grab for their phone. Or they can add to the shopping list without having to grab for their phone. Great. Apple turns on Hey Siri, and it's done, right? Always on Hey Siri, and it's the same thing. I'm waiting for something groundbreaking because I personally don't mind expending the three calories that it takes me to uh, click through Amazon's uh, purchase. Not only do you not mind, you like it because your Apple Watch tells you that you've expended the three calories. Yes, I need to. Yeah, I need same. to fill up those rings, bro. I'm saying, but what's what's going to happen here is that currently. The, the Apple Siri interface for what it can understand and speak to are really restricted. We know that. Amazon's got a better vocabulary. Google thinks they can do it best of everyone because they have everyone's information in the world on how we talk. 
mm-hmm. right? How we construct sentences, everything. They think they've got it. And they may well. But where this is going to get interesting is when we start doing totally cool things like commerce through it. Yeah. Were you, you know, were you as blown away, not blown away, but were you as impressed at Viv as I was? I was pretty impressed. Tell me what impressed you about Viv. Uh, just that it was able to parse natural language. I mean, obviously they, it was tested before they went on upstage on stage to do it, but it seems like it is much better at processing natural language. And if they get the support connecting with, um, you know, third party places like Uber or whatever, which is much more towards the path that I thought Siri would be on at this point yeah. than what it is. Right. Viv is cool, I grant you. And and it's all of these things are all narrowing in on this same kind of thing, which is when Mikey says, I'm drunk, get me a ride. Mm-hmm. Gets me a ride. Well, not only does it get you a ride, it interprets what get you a ride means. Exactly. And and not only does it interpret what get you a ride means, it interprets and figures out where you need to be going at this time of night. Yep. So when it's 3 a.m. and you've been out there on a bender, right. get me a ride means call me an Uber and take me home. Right. Well, that's just a normal Tuesday night for me. Well, I'm, I'm aware of that. Siri should know that by now. You'd think. But, you know, when, when I have six people over at my house and one of them says that they want pizza and one of them says that they want chicken wings and one of them says that they want chicken fingers and another one says that they want a salad and all this stuff. And instead of the old way where you have to decide on a place and then figure out the menu and each pick from the menu and write down the notes and then call in the order or, or in this modern age – go to the website and click through and have it receive the order as a fax at the other end, Mm -hmm. which is still horribly antiquated. And then they call you to check that the order was right. In this modern age, you should just be able to start calling out to the speaker, calling out to Viv, calling out to Echo, calling out to to Siri, whatever, saying what you want, having it then figure out which place is going to be the one that can accommodate all of the requests, place the order, and it just comes. Or be really smart and order it from multiple places and send out a task rabbit or something to get it, which would be cool. Yeah, but the problem there is that everyone's food arrives at different times. No, I mean, you have uh, – well, I guess you could have – do you have like a service? Well, I mean, you live in somewhere that's big. Here we can just like order from multiple locations and they're fairly close to each other. So one person, one car will pick them you up. You live on an island, dude. Yeah, I, I guess that's a benefit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Dude. <laughs> Look, bro, you live on an island. It's true. What are we going to do with you? It's making me hungry for pizza right now. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah but I know. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, perhaps I, I feel like in the near term, the easiest way for Apple to integrate Siri is just to – or get people to use it is just integrate it into every single one of their devices, which they're kind of moving towards. Kind of. Right? Almost there, right? Yeah. I mean, so, it's I mean, it's in the watch, it's in the iPad, it's in the phone, it's in all the iOS devices. It, it's not in the Mac yet. Yeah. So aside from uh, when I have my phone near me, I usually have some other electronic device turned on and near me or close enough, cl- in close enough proximity that I could, you know, potentially talk to it, quote unquote. I, I feel talk. like there's a lot to like about Amazon's path of giving it to other developers to use. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's there's, never going to happen with Apple, though. Well, why not? If they if they make it a part of the HomeKit spec, for example, they already require you to buy a secure element chip, the, you know, a secure chip that goes in all of the HomeKit devices, so it, your network's protected. They could require you to throw in a mic and throw in this. Yeah, I guess. But aside from licensing HomeKit, you're going to have to pay an extra premium to get the components that Apple wants, which would 
assumedly be more. You're already buying a chip from for for doing this. What are you going to need for Siri though? Uh, you're going to need a mic, and you've already got a network connection. Okay, so your Bluetooth devices won't do it, but your powered devices. I've got HomeKit devices that are Bluetooth and battery powered. Maybe they won't do it, but the uh, the one the, you know, the thermostat that's wired on the wall, it should. That should do it. Yeah. 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 The uh, you know someday when they decide security cameras can be HomeKit enabled, they got a mic already. They should do it. Mm-hmm. The ceiling fan. Mm, everything's okay with the you. ceiling fan my voice is going to come out warbled from the fan, fan moving around but still well, right yeah or you could uh the or, uh the oops. the smoke detectors yeah or um did you ever get that first alert smoke detector i sent you uh yes i did but i haven't set it up i have <sighs> been having problems with my with my uh smoke detector uh wiring that connects all of them not sure what's wrong with it, but it was, it was triggering the uh, alarm. I had to take them all down. I think the one I sent you is a battery powered. You ought to try it out. Yeah. Well, it's not that. It's uh, it's. You, I don't know if you have this in your house, but you know, there's like the uh, there's the grounds, and then there's the live wire, and then there's a third wire that is like a interconnect between all of the detectors in the house. So if one goes off, they all go off. I don't have an integrated smoke detector wiring like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I've I've wired AC powered ones before, but that's just the two the two wires in a neutral. Yeah, I think there's something. Maybe there's like a short or something. And you totally ought to try out that HomeKit one that I sent you. Is that the one that talks to me and tells me? Oh, that's no. It, it it um doesn't. I didn't it send you a Nest. I sent you a first alert. Right, but doesn't the first alert one uh, tell you um, install it and figure it out? Come on, yeah, man. Maybe I will. It is hot. I feel like I'm on fire right now. What you are, you're on fire. <gasps> All right. So you wear your Apple Watch. I haven't been recently. Why? Um, I don't know. Lack of usefulness, I guess. Okay. So the I, I read something interesting yes no this morning about how every other fitness product out there uh, yes. is based around the step count. Right. Do you see this one? Nope. No. But so I, I agree. Every every band, right, yeah. whether it's a Fitbit or a Jawbone or whatever, is based around the step count. And this number, this 10,000 step goal, mm-hmm. is an artificial number mm-hmm. that came about when the earliest pedometers came into existence. Yep. It's a totally meaningless number. But it sounds good because clearly you've had to do a decent amount of walking around during the day. Mm, yeah. Okay. However, your actual active calories, which is what the Apple Watch is pushing for, is a much better measurement. Right. Also much harder to quant- uh, to quantify. Well, yes. But as the watch goes, it's a much better thing because it's you're not just walking around casually during the day and reaching that 10,000. Mm-hmm. You are actively attempting to do something. Right. Right? And that it's it's generally better for you more meaningful yeah and don't the uh don't the pedometers and like you know those fitbits and whatever don't they use uh a generic uh a generic not a generic code but kind of like a same the the same platform i guess to calculate those steps uh as it applies to the accelerometer isn't there like an open source kind of it's not open source, but there's a, uh, a provider that's very proud that they are one of the leading providers for this kind of a product. Yeah, which is uh, weird you know, because it basically makes all those products the same. Well, where they differ is in their industrial design, right. their battery life, whether or not they have a display, mm-hmm. and the way the app works. I would say the app is maybe the most important differentiator. I, I would agree. 
And I would think that it's not just the app. It's also whether the app is a silo and limited or if the app talks to all of the other things that are in, in, you know, on the phone. And usually the way I like to see things happen is through either Google Fit or Apple Health. Yeah, Apple Health is is Apple Health is good at ferrying information back and forth between other apps, but as far as being a repository itself, I think it's a bit lacking. Oh, the dashboard for it's ghastly. Yeah. Because it doesn't help you draw any conclusions. That's true. Right? It's, they have they have uh what's his name from Nike. Well they have good old what's his name from Nike, but they also uh posted that they're seeking a lawyer with HIPAA expertise for health and health initiatives. Indeed. Which suggests that they're finally ready to sally forth into that brave new world of health regulations. Yes. You know, if they're going to have to deal with HIPAA, it means that they're actually looking at things that are actually medically useful. Right. It also, I mean, it also could mean, with ResearchKit, um, a lot of the HIPAA compliance was on the shoulders of the devs, which were basically research groups or universities or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I believe there were HIPAA compliant studies that uh, came out. So uh, this could be more of a software facing position, uh, but it does you know, prompt speculation that that's regulated by government bodies. So I would, you know, blood, blood pressure monitoring, for example, yeah. stuff like that. Glucose, maybe. Blood glucose levels, all kinds of good stuff. That would be very, well, very Pebble's convenient. Pebble's already if it doing was that. All on your wrist, right? Pebble for a couple of years now has had ways to get glucose twenty four seven monitoring onto the wrist. Oh yeah, it's been pretty hacky. I mean, the, the initial attempts oh, really? were, were know that. very much homebrew gross stuff. But their latest thing they just launched a Kickstarter for is going to enable people to be able to do it with a whole lot less trouble. So does it, uh, how I'll, did, I'll what is it using to measure pictures and send them to you afterwards? But, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty slick what they're doing. You know, they've, they've gone ahead and they, they're putting heart rate into the watch instead of having it be in the accessory band, things like that. But they are, um, they are doing it. They're doing it well. Yeah. So here's uh let's see, diabetes data strapped to your wrist. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to send you this link so you can check it out. It's pretty cool. I guess the HIPAA thing kind of, um, I don't know. It, it could be uh, obviously that they're working on something new, but it could be that they're just trying to cover themselves for Well, the, the vision as we know it was always products. that the Apple Watch was going to be a, a real health device. Mm-hmm. An idea that they ditched at the last last moment because of uh, regulatory issues or the regulatory hurdles that were for the first insurmount- product release. insurmountable. I'm temper that by saying for the first for a, product uh, release because, launch. Yeah. you know, you go down the path of developing the product. You want to release at some point. You have a date mm-hmm. set in mind for your release. Yes, Apple says to everyone publicly that they'll release when they're ready. They won't release before that. But come on, we know that they have a release date in mind. So they pushed out the first one. It's going to live out there for a year or two. They hire in this lawyer who's going to help them overcome the regulatory hurdles. You see where I'm going? Yep. So you think, I mean, obviously they're developing or attempting to develop something along the lines that was that were rumored previously as, as far as being a holistic health monitoring uh, platform. And I, I assume that they continued development even though they didn't bundle it with the first version. I'm just saying get on board with my second reality. version. Is that what you know? 
All right. That's what I'm saying. You think they can uh, achieve something like that by, I don't know. When do you think they're going to I, I feel release the watch this year next, next year? year? I'd love to be surprised, but I, I feel like the watch is the kind of product where they put it out there. They see how it does. They see what people learn from it. They don't want to go ahead and replace it right away. Because everyone who bought one in the first year is now going to feel like dirt. Well, unless you bought a no, sport. No, but you, did you buy the sport? too much of a investment. Well, all right then. No. Yeah. I grant you if you bought yeah. the edition I mean, that you I don't mind replacing I, it right away. I would rather. You know, money. But clearly you have enough. But if you bought the steel version, you probably are going to be slightly miffed if they introduce a fresh one six months later. Right. Uh, not only that, but I would rather them... I don't want this kind of TikTok cycle with an Apple with like a wearable device. I would rather them put decent like amount of effort into improvements that are significantly better than the, the previous version. Not just, you know, battery life. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, Stop snappier right there. performance. I want new, When we talked with Shane, the illustrious Mr. Cole in Hong Kong told us that he goes out into the world wearing the Apple Watch without his phone. And that occasionally there's enough Wi-Fi around for his, his watch to pick it up and get signal and, and carry on. And that he likes that. That's enough for him right now. Mm-hmm. I was making a bet with Neil, and I made this I, – I talked with him about this in February, that the Apple Watch – he said, no way. I told him it's going to get cellular connectivity in Q3, I said. And he told me, no way. Now, if the watch gets cellular connectivity, right, if it gets LTE through a virtual SIM, does that change things for you? Probably. That would be enough of an internal buff, I suppose. But that's that's adding an, a completely new feature set, right? That makes it autonomous. That makes it something that I don't... That, that makes it so mm-hmm. it's basically a new device. So that would be enough of a change. Those are the kinds of changes that I would like to see. I would happily wait two or three years for those kind of changes rather than minor updates that people are rumored, you know, that rumors are talking about like battery battery life or, or new materials i don't i don't care as an apple watch as a existing apple watch owner it's really going to take a new serious feature that changes the behavior of the thing so mm-hmm. more health information more health gathering more health advice via the care kit and research kit kind of things mm. putting in a, a virtual sim to keep it always online those are the kinds of things that change it for you would you go back to wearing it every day? Yep. I don't know how they're going to... Oh, yeah, I would. And I probably wouldn't carry my phone as much. Interesting. Because I carry my phone all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I don't really... I wouldn't really need it for the yeah. quick runs to the store or whatever. I just have it all on my wrist. Should be, Which is kind of the you know what people wanted out of a... Or want out of a hmm. wearable device to begin with. But well, let's let's talk about the new phone. I don't know. We'll see if they can do it. Well, that's, I don't know that's if they're the going to have it in place this year. I don't know. We will see. Good luck with that. Not afraid to be wrong. Yeah. Got to put the bet out there. All right. Yeah, Apple's uh, if they want to, mm. they want to deliver. I certainly hope so. I'm sure they're now, listening. I am going to be getting a new phone, presumably sometime in September. Right. Yeah. So am I. Let me tell you about the phone Probably. that I want to get in September. Yeah. The phone that I want to get in September is going to be large. It's going to have a dual lens camera. It's going to have a smart connector. And it's going to be the same thickness or 0.1 millimeters thicker than the existing one. Mm. So, tell me more about those. About the schematics what, what was the, that were leaked? I leaked nothing. You leaked something? No. What did we publish? No, I didn't leak anything. Uh, we were just wrote about the latest leaks, 
quote unquote. Now that we're getting pretty close to when Apple should be starting to manufacture in mass quantities the iPhone 7, quote unquote, again. Uh, a lot of rumors are coming out from Apple suppliers, a lot of leaks, a lot of, a lot of schematics. Um, and some are contradictory. Some are saying, uh, you know, the 7 is going to have the dual camera with a smart connector. Some suggest that there is going to be no smart connector. So there's a lot of uh, including the back and forth about the headphone jack around out there. Yep, that is also now the latest schematics that we're talking about undecided indicate that there is no headphone jack. We don't really know. Of course, I mean these could be schematics. Now I I do have to point out I did mock up a lightning to headphone adapter, so it is possible. Mm -hmm. You know how I did this? I didn't tell you about this. I'm going to write an article about this for our site. No. I bought a lightning to HDMI adapter. That is the Apple Digital AV connector. And then I bought a mm-hmm. HDMI to VGA adapter that has a 3.5 audio out on it. And when you go lightning to HDMI, nice. HDMI to VGA with the headphone out as the audio and plug headphones in, you have lightning to headphone out and it works. Awesome. So it doesn't, it's not blocked by, um, there's no uh, chip that's necessary to well, it's, cross or to it's authenticate. got that in the Apple that's digital tough. AV connector. If you're doing that. That's true. Oh, yeah. I tried using um, some Lightning headphones exclusively, and I, I don't know. I mean, I can't the, get, the problem I can't with doing that it. adapter, no, no one should do this experiment. I just did it to prove that I could, but no one should actually do this because when you do this, the volume controls are totally disabled, which makes sense because if you're plugging in to go to HDMI oh, to go to a projector yeah. or something, you don't want to have volume in the way. You want to just, just deliver the source at a proper level, right. but it functions. So which which Lightning audio headphones did you use? How were they? Um, the Audis. The Audi's sign. They sounded pretty good. Um, had a couple issues with their uh, software. Uh, one issue where it started blaring a high-pitched tone in my ears. So there's that. And um, the this particular model has uh, the the DAC and all the, the guts built into the remote. So the remote Why would is kind of chunky. Why wouldn't they build them into the ear cup? Don't, um, I'm not sure, uh, but they did it that way. I think, oh, uh, they did it because I believe this, the sign also is, um, compatible with other formats, not just lightning. Uh, so I guess it'd be easier then to swap out the remote module that's in line with the, whatever cable that's going USB, whatever C or whatever, uh, 3.5 millimeter jack, just switch out that. One cable, I guess it's a manufacturing consideration, but I'm not sure. In any case, it's in the remote, which makes it larger and kind of comical looking. Well, I'm sorry to hear that it didn't quite work out for you. Um, had it not been comical and had it not played a high-pitched squeal in your ear, would it have been just fine? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a pair of digital headphones with an onboard deck. It didn't draw too much on my battery. Well, actually, I could, yeah, there, there was a bit of draw on the battery, obviously, of my phone. So that's also another consideration mm-hmm. to take into account if you're looking cool. at head, uh, lightning headphones. All right. Well, this has been another episode. This is episode 70, can you believe it, of the Apple Insider Podcast. Mikey, where can people find you online? At MikeyCampbell81 on the Twitter and AppleInsider.com. Excellent. Well, if Mikey goes around throughout his day with a high-pitched squeal in his ear from lightning headphones, we'll tell you all about it next time on the Apple Insider Podcast.